0: Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. All right, everyone, welcome back. I said in the last one, I'll be back, and uh, and so I am. Here I am, driving my truck right through your window to talk about the lethal weapon movies, all freaking four of them, baby. Let's get into this. I can't waste any time. I'm trying to tackle a freaking four film franchise in one episode and make it a reasonable time. So let's just do it. Let's just get into it. I think it's very interesting that there are a lot of instances in franchises that are very famous from around this era where the first film is super grounded and it's completely disconnected from what, well, I guess not completely in a lot of these cases, but but more disconnected than you would expect than its its sequels. I think uh, First Blood is probably the biggest example of this. Die Hard and and this this film Lethal Weapon, which is where I'm gonna start with, because I've been told the beginning is a good place to start. So um. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because, uh, I know it's common knowledge that the writers uh, like Shane Black, I think the cast are they all consider the second one to be the best one, and I think that's very interesting because I definitely disagree. Um, I mean, who am I to, to do so? But I def I definitely do. I think the first film is amazing and shockingly, shockingly uh, nuanced and like it really has a lot on its mind, which I think is really interesting because not to say that the the drop in the quality is super severe, but I do think that it's certainly noticeable and I don't think the the franchise ever reaches the heights of the first one. The movies are a lot of fun and they're all incredibly watchable especially because of the chemistry between the two leads, but I think that... I think it's very interesting that the first one is more about, uh... is more... Well, I I guess I'll put it this way. I think the biggest challenge that the other movies never totally overcome is the idea of, uh, of Riggs being suicidal, because once he's overcome that, once he's formed a friendship and gained a reason to live... He can never be as interesting a character again because he's already overcome the biggest challenge that was in front of him. So everything after that is perpetually like inventing something new for him to go up against. But I don't think any of it ever gets to be as interesting just because it's not as lofty. It's not, you know, you know, it's just very different. I I think I think you know what I mean, because in the first one, it's just it's just treated with such a a level of nuance and like a true I don't know, like a true respect for the condition and for, and for like the complexities of, uh, of being c- caught in that position. And then I think that after he's found his way out of that hole, that he's never, like any of the other holes that he finds himself falling into, digging his way out is just never quite as interesting. They really, uh, they really hit their peak, I think, in the first one. And then everything else is, it's still great, it's still, like I said, entertaining, I think it's the best way I could put it, but I don't think it ever quite strikes the same nerve as the first one, but, uh, I mentioned briefly that the chemistry between the two leads is incredible, and that's definitely, that's definitely true, and that is awesome that that carries through the entire movies, or the entire movies, the entire series, uh, I said before that it was late on the last episode, it's really late now, but, um, yeah, I think that it's really cool that not just not just Mel Gibson and Danny Glover, but that the extended cast, the family, the the uh, the cops at the police station, they all stick around for the whole franchise, and you get to see his kids grow up. You get to see Murtaugh's kids grow up throughout these movies. You get to see his relationship with his wife evolve and and change in different ways, and you get to see the this family, you know, go through these events in real time that's so cool like when does that ever happen that you get everybody back for every movie one of my favorite parts of this whole series and one of the things i think that makes it the most unique and yeah the chemistry between everyone is awesome this is one of the uh one of the series with the most definitively memorable cast of characters i think i've ever seen once joe pesci starts getting involved i man i love him and then chris rock by the fourth one not quite the same but i like him too and I like a lot of uh of what those characters add to the franchise. So yeah, it's really it's really good to see all that. And it breaks my heart that uh that when you look up Leaf a weapon, a lot of times the first result is the T V show. And I'm sorry, that's that's just not Riggs and Myrtle. This is Riggs and Myrtle. That that's this. This isn't it ah man, that's so crazy to me that uh that, that would be the first result, but I mean, it is what it is. You're not going to change it, but I just, that's so weird to me because these movies, it's not like they were sleeper hits. They were, you know, it's a big franchise. And, uh, and yeah, I don't think that remaking it or, or trying to do a different adaptation is ever going to be the way to go. I think you should just, you should just leave it because it, yeah, it's, it's perfect the way it is. I don't think you're ever going to top it. So yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things that's really awesome about this movie is, uh, is that it has amazing characters and the writing is really clever and I I really enjoy the mystery of it and uh, and everything that unravels as you go through it. It's a, it's a good story. It's really interesting and it's easily my favorite of the series and it's got an awesome vibe to it. Uh, I mentioned this with the first Terminator movie too, but stylistically it's set apart from the rest of the movies and I really like um, the style of this movie. I will say... I mention my mom a lot on these episodes, I think I should just dedicate a whole segment to her, just be like, my mom's opinions on whatever movie I'm talking about. But she said that this was more than just a standard boy movie. And I think that's the perfect descriptor for this movie. It's more than you would expect. I think she was just expecting a standard 80s action movie, and this delivered a lot more, which is one of my favorite things about it, too, is that it's sneaking in much more interesting ideas than a lot of other contemporaries at the time under this skin of Yeah, shoot 'em up action movie buddy cops solving crimes and you know criminals and whatever mysteries sexy ladies and, and immediately boobs from the first couple frames But you know, it's doing a lot more than all of that. So yeah, I think that was the pitch by the way Shane black listen guys boobs from the first couple frames, okay? Definitely gets your attention. Um, oh, speaking of which, this is something that's going to continue through the whole series. Uh, not boobs, unfortunately. Did I, did I say that? Good thing no one listens to this. Um, I think it's very strange how many times we see Murtaugh stripped down. Or in some sort of position in his bathroom. First time we meet him, he's in the bathtub. His family surprises him in the bathtub. Very strange. Also, not enough bubbles. I don't think there's enough bubbles in the world, but definitely not in this in this movie. Same thing happens in four, no, three, at the end when he's they think he's going to retire and he announces to them that he's not. Uh, he's on the toilet in the second one with the bomb. And then in the fourth one, one of the first frames, or why do I keep saying frames? One of the first scenes, I think is what I actually mean to say. Um is him stripping down to his underwear and doing the chicken dance. And I get it's a joke, and you know, Riggs kinda plays a trick on him, but like, what what was our obsession with getting Danny Glover, uh, getting Danny Glover naked? Like, what? I, I really don't get it. And especially when the family's involved, just, there's not enough bubbles. They see his, I just can't even, I can't, I cannot imagine being like, hey mom, it's dad's birthday and we go in, to the bathroom without knocking to surprise him with cake in the freaking bathtub like he's not gonna eat it for one and that's gross for two like uh, he's trying to relax look what also who takes a bath before work especially if you're a cop you don't know what you're gonna be doing that day you might be choosing down suspects you probably shouldn't be clean before work like th- whatever there's so many things weird about this sequence but um but yeah, I did say everything I really wanted to say. I think I really wanted to focus on the writing because I don't think it ever gets this good again. But uh, but yeah, I do I do really like this movie. It's one of my it's definitely my favorite in the series. It's one of my favorite '80s action movies. And uh, something else that's established in this first movie that I think is awesome throughout the whole series is the is the music. This whole series great music, sets so a really interesting vibe. Very unique, very identifiable, and I love, I just love it, generally. Just, I really love it. Totally dig it. So, uh, yeah, oh, this is weird. I keep bringing up weird things about this movie, but I don't know. It's just the stuff that's coming to mind. Why are they angry at Riggs when he jumps off the roof? Like, why is Myrtle all, like, freaking out about it? Because he jumped off the roof with the jumper, right? But he's controlled the jump. Like, the goal is obviously to get the jumper to just come back down from the ledge, but he's controlled the jump. He's made sure that the jumper doesn't, like, hurt anybody on his way down, and they land on a, on a, um, like, an airbag. So they're, they're both fine. Like, he didn't really do anything inherently dangerous. Like, I've never understood that sequence. It's always felt so weird out of place to me. How incredibly angry, uh, Murtaugh gets at him immediately, but whatever, that's... Again, small potatoes. Action great. Performance is great. Uh, that's kind of stuff that carries through the whole series. And I love the conspiracy, too. I love that, the seeing them solve that. So... Oh. <laughs> this is just funny. This is an illegitimate complaint. Going through my notes here. Hunsaker's death. Very loud. Very public. Very cool. <laughs> I love the part. Oh, this is so... Why do I keep thinking of negative things about this movie? I love this movie, but I don't know why the bad stuff is, like, sticking out in my notes. The way he's holding the eggnog so that the bullet can come through it is ridiculous. He's just, like, kind of pinching it, like like right in front of him just so so the you know so you get that really striking image of the bullet coming through and like the eggnog pouring out but like the way he's holding it he's just holding it like a giant asshole like no one has ever held anything like that in the history of the world uh which i just thought was funny it's not a legitimate problem an actual legitimate problem is the freaking end of this movie uh that fight goes on way too long it's Choreograph. well honestly that's the real problem is i can't tell if it's choreographed well or not because i can't see a damn thing the cinematography is terrible the editing is even worse and it's so difficult to make out what's actually happening that i really question the point of putting the scene in the movie in the first place because it's ludicrous that all these cops just sit around and wait for him to keep beating the shit out of joshua and it the other thing is it's not personal there's no motivation behind this like there is in the second one, where you know the the guy killed his wife and whatnot, like that brawl makes sense in, in that case. That that conflict makes sense. And were that were there something more similar to that in the first one, then I think maybe this gets a pass. But as it stands, it's ridiculous how long it goes on, and there's really it's not really particularly justified. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It just goes on too long. I think that's one of the biggest problems with it. If, if like, backup were on the way, but you have to detain him until that point, then maybe, okay. But then, even if Joshua wins, he's not going anywhere. He's just going to immediately get cut down by an entire army of, of, of other officers. Like, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh, another convention of the series. Honestly, this is the easiest way for me to talk about this whole franchise and try to get it done in a reasonable time frame is to talk about the stuff that this first film establishes that I love carry- th- that carry- th- that carries through the whole franchise. Um, stuff like the- the scene in- and, and pretty much every one of these where Riggs goes into Berserker mode. So satisfying. So awesome. Mel Gibson is really good at it. And I love it every time. It's- it's super fun to watch. So, yeah. I yeah, think that's about it. I think that's all I have to say about this one. Um... I think Lethal Weapon 2 is very poorly paced. There's uh, way too many plot threads, and um, I don't know. It just feels like really long, and, um, and I think the first movie is just much leaner. It just moves much faster, and I think I prefer that version of a story like this. Um, it's got good action, definitely, and it's got good like emotional stuff. Um, I lo- <laughs> I love another running theme throughout this or running joke throughout these movies is playing jokes on Murtaugh, like playing tricks on him. So the condom one in this one is really awesome. I love that, you know, she doesn't tell anyone what the commercial is for. And then uh I love later the, the stuff with the with the newspaper article that Riggs keeps taking down and then putting back up whenever Murtaugh turns around. Oh that's really good. Um, I don't like the toilet bomb. I think that's really weird. Um, honestly, I don't like the villains, just in general. I really don't like what's going on with them. I'm not particularly invested in it. Uh, the break-in scene where they all, like, the bad guy's henchmen come into the house. Really weird. I don't like any of the performers. Like, there's nothing particularly interesting going on with them. Despite the fact that one of them killed Riggs' wife. I don't really care. There's not enough of her or, like, any new story about that relationship to make me legitimately invested in all this stuff. And I just, I don't know, the villains were a real letdown. It's awesome to see Joe Pesci get introduced, but besides that, I could really I could really take him or leave him. Um, I do love the pulling down the house. That's really cool. And I also think something that's weirdly consistent is how fast Riggs falls in love. Like, for all we know, his wife could have only been married to him for a week. And he's like, ah, suicide's the only answer. Um, obviously that's not it. And I would never trivialize something like that. But, uh, but, like, he does fall in love with this one woman really fast. And then immediately in the third one, fall in love with another woman just as fast get married. And then they're having kids. Well, I guess he doesn't get married till the very end. But, but still, I think, I thought that was kind of almost comical how fast he falls in love with her. And to be honest, I wish he wouldn't have died because I would have rather he stays in the same relationship for three movies. I think that would have been, it would have gone a long way in furthering their relationship. And to be honest, she's a lot cooler than his second true lo- oh, third, I guess, true love. But, uh, but yeah. Oh, also, there's a moment of split diopter in this movie, which, if you don't know what it is, it's where something is close in frame, usually a subject, and then there's another, like an actual uh, performer. And something else in the background is also uh, is also in focus. There's a really good-looking instance of this in The Outsiders, the movie adaptation of that. One of the better, better aspects of that movie is definitely the cinematography. So, yeah, I just... Not much to say about this, but I just... I like moments like that, and I appreciated seeing it. It, it looks really cool. And then... Uh moving on to 3, if I'm being totally honest with you, I'm pretty neutral on it. I don't have many big opinions. I don't think there's much to talk about with it if I'm being totally honest. And part of that I think is because I wasn't super invested in it. I was uh I was definitely preoccupied with something else which doesn't I don't really feel the need to talk about, but I just I guess I was a little distracted. Maybe if I watched it again, I would get more out of it. I did love I I think I liked it in theory more than I liked it in execution the idea of them investigating one of their own that's a really cool idea but I don't think they really take as much advantage of that as they could have especially if maybe you know they didn't totally think he was crazy if there was a way they thought they could save him or if like some the police department was divided as to whether or not like uh, they wanted to like help him or stop him, that kind of thing. I think that would have been something that they could have gone with this. I like, I think I liked it overall better than two, but it certainly doesn't come close to topping one. Um, I like the action and comedy, which is something that's, that I like in all these movies. I think that that's always firing on all cylinders. Um, yeah, I like two's love interest better, and Riggs is definitely following or falling in love uh, for, really quickly, with the gram, G- Gavin, what, with the grain, oh yeah, I love that, uh, I love the scene of Murtaugh with his son, I wish we got a little bit more of this, honestly, moments like this throughout the whole franchise of M- Murtaugh with his kids, um, him comforting his, his son after shooting one of his friends, I think that's a really great moment, and, uh, and the width of the grain, just that, that, what that symbolizes, their really, their overall, like, father-son relationship, their dynamic, I really love that, and, uh, I think the performances were great, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie, I do think, again, that's something else they could have pushed further, is the idea of, of him, uh, being involved in his son's affairs, like, his son, you know, being a part of, what they were investigating and the and what they were running up against and if maybe his son would have you know been in conflict with the dad i don't know but i i don't know i i think they could have taken more advantage of it than they did but but regardless i did think this was really enjoyable and i'm, I'm glad i watched it for sure i think i liked four the second best of all of them i think i'd go one four three two which was really surprising to me because of just the What I knew about 4 and how ridiculous it got, with the flamethrower guy and everything, I thought for sure I wasn't really going to like 4, but, I mean, none of these movies are bad. They're all super entertaining, and I really like all of them, and would definitely rewatch them in a heartbeat. I think the only one I'd have any hesitation about rewatching would really be 2 at this point, but I really liked 4. I was surprised how much I liked it, but I really did, and, uh, and I... I think it's good that this franchise doesn't totally peter out by the end that it's not completely ridiculous and and terrible to the point where they're just like okay this is a case of increasingly worse critical favor and you know increasingly diminishing returns we might as well just shut this down i do like that there are legitimately four solid entries and that then they just kind of left it alone um to be to be fair i'm not entirely aware of the financial history of these movies uh, like, I might be with some other franchises, so maybe it actually is that case. Diminishing Returns, Diminishing Critical Praise. I have a suspicion that it probably is, but, but regardless, I don't really care. I really like this movie. Uh, I do like the idea of them getting older, uh, even though Danny Lover looks better in this one than I think he does in any of the other movies. Um. I like the idea of like the conflict over whether or not they want to get married, I do think by the end it gets a little ridiculous, I like the froggy story from, from Joe Pesci, but then the screaming and the craziness in the hospital, I could have done without a lot of that, or at least could have done with it toned down, I do think it starts to run a little long, and then it definitely gets cheesy, but no, we're family, like, oh, okay, did you guys all rehearse that, because how did you all know to say that, uh, that kind of pulled me out, but I do like that then that brings everything full circle, brings all the characters into one literal frame, and then, you know, you get all the, like, photo book credits of of the past movies and and everything. I really liked all that, and how that brought all this to to a conclusion. I think it would have been cooler to see... uh, to see Jet Li do cooler action. He's a great martial artist, but I don't think they fully utilize him. But I do like everything with the with the immigrant slaves and their relationship to myrtle Myrtle I like how even pregnant R- brigg's girlfriend is still kicking ass. she's taking that guy out with a chair and like hot damn she is really really a badass like she is pregnant and she's kicking this dude's ass. That really struck me i was I was really impressed by that, just like the physical physical stunt work of all of that. And, uh, and yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was funny. I thought it had good villains. I thought it had legitimate stakes, and I thought it wrapped everything up pretty well. So I really enjoyed it, and, uh, and yeah, I think it was a good note to go out on. And a lot of the action sequences were really creative. The stuff with the mobile home and everything, man, that was really good. So I, I, yeah, I really liked all that stuff. And, uh, and I, yeah, overall, I liked all that stuff. I really love this franchise, I think it's one of my favorite 80s movies, I think it's one of the best examples of this type of formula, the buddy cop thing, um, I am going to talk about in a, probably my next episode, which is going to be another grab bag, am going to talk about briefly Bad Boys for Life, and I think this is definitely better than Bad Boys, even though you can certainly see the influence from one to the other. Uh I think this is 100% a better version of of what that became. And uh and it's really interesting to see how this kicked off like kind of its own genre of of buddy cop movies and like the mismatched pair of of action heroes solving mysteries and fighting crime and whatever. And this is definitely the best example for me. I really love these characters. I really love the action and the stories that they're part of and I really love this franchise. I had a lot of fun revisiting it and so yeah. <sighs> All right. Before I get out of here, I am grateful for um full cupboards. I'm sure I've done this one before, but it's something that's very important to me. Uh I personally as a teenage boy love food and uh and I saw in the paper the other day an image of of this line of cars just wrapped around uh, wrapped around these this like kind of curved road. And they're just all waiting in line for food. And I'm just so glad that I'm, I'm in a position with my family that we can still access food and we have whatever we want when we need it. And despite a lot of grocery stores being out of stock and a lot of items we would normally purchase not being there anymore, I'm still glad that what we need is there and that we have the means to get it. I'm very fortunate and for that I'm very grateful. Alright, there will be a little delay in, in episodes for a little while. The grab bag I just mentioned will be sometime uh, this weekend. I recorded these in a big recording session before I head off on a trip with my parents. We're taking an RV, just hitting up some campgrounds, taking some pictures at some more famous Pennsylvania sites uh, that are a little off the beaten path. And, um, and yeah, we're just going to kind of chill in the RV for a little while, for a couple of days. So I recorded these in, in advance, and I'm going to just kind of release them as we as we travel. Don't worry. nowhere with crowds. We're not trying to spread Rona. just trying to get out of the house a little bit while we have the opportunity, and we're all off. So, yeah. But uh, thank you, as always, for listening. I I really appreciate it. If you want to, I would really appreciate it if you subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you want to show your support for the show, uh, five stars would be greatly appreciated. But uh, a rating and review, you can do it right in the app, and it really helps out a lot. If you want to follow the show to keep up with everything that uh, is happening over here, updates on when new episodes are posted and what the topics of discussion will be, you can do that at Movies and More Pod on Instagram. Or if you want to follow me personally, that's at GVandriaLea1 on Instagram. If, it's, it's, if Instagram doesn't really float your boat, you, that's totally fine. I understand. You can email the show with any comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions at MoviesandMorePod at com. And thank you in advance if you've done all that. And if you're going to... Or, thank you in advance if you're going to. If you've already done that, thank you. Thank you for everything. And, uh, and yeah, I'll see you next time. But, uh, please, if you will, don't get too old for this shit. And by that shit, I mean this podcast. Keep on listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. And, uh, thanks as always for your support. See you in the next one. Peace.